And now it's time for us to discuss more of the headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. How are you doing this morning? A bit under the weather, unfortunately. I, I do apologize if I sound a bit congested and uh, yeah, I have a bit of a stuffy nose, unfortunately. Uh, we must power through these tough Mondays. All right, yeah. let's get started so I can let you go as quickly as possible. <laughs> let's jump into today's keyword news. We're going to try to simplify some of these major headlines for all of our listeners. And this is our first pick of the day. Missile test. So North Korea has fired a suspected ballistic missile off its east coast. It's seen the world's first known test since the month of June. What do we know so far, Adam? Right. Well, South Korea's military said it detected a short-range missile fired at just before 7 a.m. yesterday, close to Techeon, which is in the country's northwest, uh, about 100 kilometers uh, north of Pyongyang. It said it flew about a, uh, 600 kilometers at an altitude of, altitude of 60 kilometers. Uh, it came after a U.S. aircraft carrier arrived in South Korea to uh, participate in joint uh, drills with Ronald Reagan and ahead of also a planned visit by uh, U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris. Um, now, the intelligence authorities of the South and the United States are conducting a detailed analysis for other details. Uh, Seoul's military said the launch was an act of grave provocation and the clear breach of UN Security Council resolutions, mm. and it strongly urged the North to immediately stop all ballistic missile tests, of which there have been many mm. uh, so far this year. Um, the Joint Chiefs of Staff said it will maintain a firm readiness posture based on the capability to respond uh, overwhelmingly to any North Korean provocation. Uh, South Korea's presidential office, meanwhile, convened a National Security Council meeting and condemned the North's move. So pretty much standard procedure when it comes to provocations mm. by the regime. Uh, the country's top nuclear envoy, Kim Gunn, had back-to-back -back phone consultations with his uh, American and Japanese counterparts and agreed to strengthen uh, coordination against Pyongyang's uh, saber-rattling. Um, South Korean and U.S. military uh, forces, they have been on high alert as they are signs that Pyongyang may be uh, preparing to launch a ballistic missile from a submarine as well. So mm -hmm. they're keeping their eyes on that. All right, and let's turn our attention to our second keyword of the day. Rice reserves. So the government and the ruling party have agreed to secure 450,000 tons of rice this year to stabilize prices. Uh, it did plummet to an all-time low, from what I understand. Tell us the details, Adam. Yeah, a bit worrying figures considering, you know, rice is Korea's it's a staple grain of uh, okay. the country. And the amount is a sharp increase, actually, from the 350,000 tonnes purchased a year earlier. And it's also the largest tally since mm. 2005. And this all came after a meeting uh, between Prime Minister Han Su as well as the leaders of the People Power Party, as well as senior presidential officials as well. That meeting happened yesterday. Uh, the government has said it will purchase the rice at the average market price estimated from October 5th to December 25th. Mm. Uh, the government will initially pay 30,000 won per 40 kilogram bag and mm. hand out the remaining amounts by the end of 2022. Uh, around 1 trillion won is actually projected to be spent this year uh, to purchase rice for Korea's reserves. Uh, the planned purchases was announced two to three weeks earlier than usual, actually. So it kind of um, alludes to the fact of how dire the situation is at the moment. Uh, the government says it will continue to thoroughly monitor the rice price and trends of the rice distribution markets, mm. as well as push countermeasures in accordance with the supply and demand. Mm. 
Um, the Agriculture the Food Ministry added that it will expand the cultivation of rice, flour, beans and wheat and activate rice processing industry to balance the supply mm -hmm. and demand of rice. Um, yes, as I mentioned, rice is a key staple food for Koreans, but mm. uh, Korea has been kind of struggling to cope with a falling demand for rice, actually, right. because consumption has been on a steady decline in recent decades. Right. It's not just a, a recent thing, uh, mostly due to changes in diets uh, and eating habits. A lot more Korean people are eating um, overseas dishes, uh, and it's just not as high in demand as it used to be. We just have more variety to choose from, and right. we are definitely a more health-conscious society. And for mm. some reason, I, I do think the white food, so-called flour, rice, and sugar, gets mm. a bad reputation. And so all of this requires a little bit of balancing act. We saw rice farmers in the country um, having protests, like just kind of throwing away their grains in protest mm. of the government failing to intervene on time. So this is where it comes in. Right. Yeah, it certainly is a bit of a concern. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, let's leave it there for now because it seems the government has plans in place. Let's move on to our third keyword of the day. Mask mandate lifted. I know it was expected. I know you alluded to it last weekend, uh, mm -hmm. before the weekend actually, but I don't know. It feels like we're turning to a new chapter in South Korea. Oh. So from today, all outdoor mask mandates are being removed, including for group activities and outdoor events. That's the biggest change. This could be the beginning mm. of more eased measures to come. Certainly is. Uh, those uh, at outdoor gatherings of 50 or more people uh, and sporting events and concerts as well will not be required to wear masks. There's been a lot more uh, outdoor concerts and uh, events happening recently. Mm. So. Certainly might be some good news for those who enjoy that type of thing. Uh, now, the outdoor mask mandate actually ended on May 2nd, but partially uh, it was kept for those uh, 50 people or less. And previously, people not wearing a mask at such large outdoor events were actually subject to a fine. Uh, that's no longer the case from today. Uh, the government is expected to further ease the country's antivirus measures as well down the road. Uh, the government said it would soon introduce its future adjustments to other antivirus rules. Mm. Uh, the antivirus measures that could be eased in the near future include the testing requirements for all passengers arriving here in the country from overseas, mm. as well as a mandatory seven-day quarantine for patients with COVID-19 and also limits on visits to nursing homes, so these high-risk venues. Now, the country's indoor mask mandate, however, is expected to remain in place for uh, the time being, due to, of course, the possible resurgence of uh, COVID-19 infections mm. during the fall and winter seasons. Mm. There's been many expert opinions saying it could be coming back in the colder uh, months. Um, the country's PCR test requirement for all arriving passengers to the country might be lifted soon. Uh, but that's because the effectiveness of the PCR test requirement has been kind of questioned recently. Mm. Uh, many visitors to the country, they haven't really been keeping the rule and the government has also kind of found it difficult uh, to keep track of them as well. Mm. Um, now, the government may consider lifting the PCR test mandate as other countries are also moving away from such rules mm. as well. Korea is actually currently one of only 10 countries among the OECD that still has testing requirements oh. in place uh, for travellers. So. It's kind of feeling the pressure to kind of follow suit with the countries that have uh, lifted those measures 
So that's another reason as to why it's considering that.、Mm, that might mean a little bit more alleviation for the tourism industry. But I mean, every、mm. step of the way, it seems like there are health experts, an entire spectrum of them, that there's a little back and forth what is safe, when is the safest time to le-、yeah. uh, lift these mandates. So we'll, we'll wait for those cues. But for the time being, it seems that outdoor gatherings, concerts, baseball games,、mm. for example, you can lower your mask. Right. But、uh, my projection or prediction is that when the partial outdoor mask、yeah. mandate was lifted, we saw still a lot of people wearing masks. <laughs> so I think even if all these、uh, measures have been eased, you could probably see a lot of people at these outdoor events still wearing their masks just as a precaution, which is always it's better to be safe than、uh, sorry, right? And it is also simultaneously a flu season. So you're right. Better、yeah. safe than sorry. And I don't Case think. Case in point. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't under Henry just right here. But anyway, Adam, let's move on to our fourth keyword of the day、yep. VP in Korea. So, US Vice President Kamala Harris will lead a delegation of nearly a dozen US officials on an official visit to Japan before traveling to Korea. So, we're getting little glimpses of the agenda. What can we expect? Right, well, the trip marks Harris's actually first official visits to both countries since taking office last year. Well, the primary purpose of the trip is to pay respects to the、uh, late former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. The White House says there's a lot of issues、uh, to be discussed. Harris is set to meet with senior government officials,、uh, both in Japan and Korea, as well as civil society leaders. The White House says she will raise economic, trade, and security interests during her trip. Uh, the vice president arrives in Tokyo today, in fact, and at Abe's funeral, she will meet with a number of world leaders、uh, during her trip, including a bilateral meeting with Prime Minister、uh, Fumio Kishida. On Tuesday, she'll be meeting with Australia's Prime Minister Anthony Albanese、mm. and South Korea's Prime Minister、uh, Han Dok Su as well before traveling to Korea. On Thursday. So she's actually meeting a South Korean official before her official visit here.、Mm. Uh, in Korea, Harris will meet with President Yoon Song Yo to discuss alliance issues as well as North Korea matters as well.、Uh, the high profile visit to the region actually comes amid increasing tensions in the Taiwan Strait. So another visit by a high profile US official. Uh, kind of stirring up tensions with China. That's、mm. China regards Taiwan as its kind of sovereign territory and has, in recent months, stepped up military activity in the area. That activity is at least partially in response to high level US congressional visits to Taipei, including that by the House Speaker、uh, Nancy Pelosi, as well as stepped up American arms sales as well.、Uh, US officials said the topic of Taiwan will likely come up in the various bilateral meetings, both in Japan and Korea. So we'll have to see how China reacts to such discussions and her visit itself、uh, to the region、um, and what kind of response Korea will have in the response of China. <sighs> That's how diplomacy works. Let's、right. finally move on to our last keyword of the day late birth. So, more concerning data regarding Korea's demographic and social changes.、Uh, OECD data shows that the age at which women in Korea give birth for the first time is getting higher and higher now in our 30s. Run us through the details. Right. Well, the OECD report shows that that age rose to 32.3 years、mm. in 2020. That's six years older than the age of the first birth back in 1993. Uh, if we look at the corresponding figures for other advanced economies in the、uh, OECD, for the US, UK, and Norway, show 
the age to be in the mid to high 20s, so actually a, a bit less than Korea. The rise, the rise itself among those nations is also about three to four years from 1993 to 2020, so the rise itself is a lot less than we can see in Korea. Uh, if we look at Asia, the age at which Japanese women give birth for the first time rose from 27 to 30, so about three years, so still less than Korea. Uh, in 2020 also, the number of babies born in the country fell to around 272,000. That was the first time the figure's been below the 300,000 mark. And the total fertility rate that year... Uh, which is the average number of babies a woman will have in a lifetime, declined to 0.84, which is actually the lowest uh, in the OECD. Uh, the OECD says Korean women are delaying marriage and childbirth because many are forced to choose between work and raising children, and therefore there are calls for a bit of change to kind of the labour market and culture. Uh, it also mentioned the cost of raising mm. a child going up, especially when it comes to um, education as well so a lot of fundamental changes that need to happen in order to get these numbers on track but uh, it's been a years-long issue that hasn't really found a solution so i guess uh for the time being anyway we'll right. be kind of seeing some more concerning numbers regarding all of these uh, demographical data. You're right, Adam. I mean, policymakers have been eyeing the same set of data with similar trends with incredibly mm. difficult, I think, fundamental problems. It's easier said than done to mm. maybe undo the makings of an education system that has existed this way for decades. Frankly speaking, right. we made tweaks in between, but it's always been about right. that college entrance exam. Yeah. Uh, as for balancing work and personal life, I mean, with, even mm. without a child, it's plenty tough in the city of Seoul. What can I say? Yeah, it's all fundamental. It's all fundamental yeah. and basic kind of issues, but right. those are the kind of the toughest to right. resolve, right, right? In a sense, right. it kind of means a cultural change for starters. Right. Uh, and uh, what kind of governmental measures can you put in place to change that? I mean, it's it's pretty much. Uh, deep in within Korea's uh, culture and society. So, yeah, it's a tough one. A journalist poses a question. We don't necessarily have the answer, so we're going to leave it there for <laughs> right. now. Thank you so much, Adam, for today's discussions. I'll see you tomorrow. You're very welcome. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.